Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Now, on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years. She's a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and Sharon's held many other leadership roles throughout her career. In fact, most of our listeners know who Sharon is, or friends with her, or met her somewhere, or follow you on social media. Oh, my Lord. Everyone knows you, Sharon. Yeah, hardly. Our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I'm hoping that we're going to be able to do that today, Sharon. Well, you will be able to do that today. The special guest that we have is Jeremy Stanley. Oh, thank you. I love the special. (laughs) Well, you are special, but it's a short bus special. (laughs) But anyway, I think this is a very timely topic today. You know, many times whenever I'm here in the office and we're we're getting ready to do podcast a lot of different subjects come up and this is a subject near and dear to everybody's heart well maybe not dear but yeah. there are two things in life that you are guaranteed to have and what are those two things jeremy i think those would be death and taxes yes yeah, so today we're going to be talking about taxes oh, everybody's favorite topic oh yes well at least april 15th has passed us yeah well i just took our taxes by yesterday we always file extensions so i'm still not through with that stuff this year so let's talk about taxes just a little bit jeremy take it away well what our topic today is going to be understanding taxes for crnas under the new tax law and then You know, tax day is the day that ordinary Americans send their money to Washington, D.C., and wealthy Americans send their money to the Cayman Islands. Oh, I like that. that? I can't take credit for it. That was Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) That's um, pretty good. But, but you know, in December of 2017, President Trump signed into law a new bill, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017. And that law affected almost every American throughout the country. And for the most part, most people will experience a tax reduction, although some, a minority, will probably see a tax increase under it. And today, I'm going to try and break this down, at least some of the major parts that I think are relevant to CRNAs, and I'm going to try and do it in plain English. You know, sometimes I realize in our industry and even in the nurse anesthesia industry, there are things that lay people like myself to the nurse anesthesia world 
don't really understand and it takes a lot of comprehension. So today I'm going to try and break it down where everyone can understand it and kind of talk about it that way and hopefully I won't be boring and okay, you better track, not be. So. I'll kick you under the table here. <laughs> but let's talk about business owners. We yeah. have CRNAs who are business owners and what effect does this new tax law have on them? I guess one of the biggest things that happened under this tax law was section 199A. And that's really meant for, like you said, 1099 CRNAs or CRNAs out there who might own their own business. So it kind of broke it down and and basically allowed a 20% discount on your taxes, Sharon. 20%? 20%. Discount on your taxes? Yeah. So basically what they said- Has this ever happened before? Uh, in weird ways, but not, not exactly. Directly. Okay. Um, you know, this is an interesting way to change the tax law. So basically, they said, well, if you're a business owner, then 20% of what you make, you'll pay zero taxes on. Okay. So in other words, if you made $100,000, you only pay taxes on eighty. Well, I'm liking this so far. Not too is shabby, there a catch? Right? <laughs> well... There is a little bit of a catch because one of the things they did is they said that certain groups of entrepreneurs, business owners, and they call them SSTBs, Specified (laughs) Service Trades or Businesses. Okay. Okay. And basically, it's people who provide services to their clients. And they specifically named health, law, accounting in this and they said uh actuarial science actuarial science oh my gosh financial services but basically what they said is if you're in that group of people we're going to put limits on this okay so and those limits because crnas are in the health industry you fall into that category so We've got to be cognizant then of how much money we make in order to qualify for this, what they call QBI or qualified business income. So for CRNAs for 2019, the phase out for a single individual starts at 160 and goes up to 210. Okay. Okay. So what that means is that if you make $160,000, then you start to phase out on that 20%. Maybe you only get 18% or 15 or 10 or, or so forth. And it completely phases out when you make $210,000. Make uh, sense? Clear okay. as mud? Yes, I All think right. I'm getting it. And then if you're married, file, and joint, that jumps up to 321000 to 421000 So in other words, you still get the 20% up to 321000 and then it starts phasing out. So, completely phased out at four hundred and twenty. Okay, so the more money you make, the more taxes you pay. Right. Okay. But this has to do with your business income. So okay. let's say, for example, you made $200,000 in your business as a CRNA. Okay. If you fall into this and you qualify, then you're not going to pay taxes on $40,000 of that 200000 Zero taxes. You're only going to pay tax on one sixty. So it's a great benefit, but you've got to know how to work this benefit. Okay. So, you know, in fact, some CRNAs 
are going to be better off being S corporations or being taxed as S corporations. Some CRNAs are going to be better off being sole proprietors under this scenario. So it's really going to take a lot of tax planning to qualify for this, along with several other things that are involved in this bill. But let me give you an example. Let's say you're CRNA, Sharon, and you're making over the you and Pierce were making over the $421,000 mark. Okay. But you're an S corporation. So now one of the deductions for this qualification is salary paid out of an S corporation. So let's say that you made exactly $421,000. And I said, okay, Sharon, out of your S corporation, let's pay you a salary of $100,000. So now we have $321,000, and you completely qualify for this 20% deduction. So, again, it goes back into the planning. I just want CRNAs out there who are business owners to know that this is available. It is income-based, but there are things that you can do to lower your income to qualify for QBI. And, again, it's on a case-by-case basis what those things might be, but this is good stuff. So I'm assuming that CRNAs that you work with can call you and ask you about these things. Absolutely. You know, we're trying to get everyone we possibly can to qualify for this QBI deduction. And the other thing is, you know, we've also got a lot of CRNAs, and you see them on Facebook, they're doing Rodan and Fields, where this Mm -hmm. 20% QBI is per business. Oh. Yeah. So if you're doing Rodan and Fields, you'll get 20% off of that. If you're CRNA, you get 20% off on that. So it works in each business is the way it's categorized. Well, I'll have to remember that. I just set up another business with Kimberly Gordon. So we'll have to. Of course, you know, she's a reformed accountant. She was an accountant (laughs) before she was a CRNA. So knowing her, she knows all about this already. So let's talk about individual rates as far as taxes are concerned so did it lower individual rates yeah, too absolutely they kept the number of brackets the same there's still seven brackets okay but what they did is they basically elongated the bracket to where more people fell into that bracket therefore lower in their taxes and or they lower the actual tax rate so it used to be the tax brackets were 10, 15, 25, 28, 33, 35, and 39.6. Well, now they're 10, which stayed the same. Now you've got a 12 instead of 15. You've got a 22 instead of 25, a 24 instead of a 28, a 32 instead of a 33. The 35% bracket's still there, and instead of a 39.6, it's 37. So Wow, so 37% is the top bracket versus by 2%. Yeah, for the most part, that's the, what they well, did. Well, that's the simplistic way that's of looking at it. But, but they also changed the brackets. So, you know, in order to qualify for the highest bracket in 2017, you had to make $418,000 as an individual mm-hmm. or four seventy married, file, and joint. Well, now it's five hundred and six hundred. Ah. So... Okay. You know, it, it also changed that. So most folks are going to benefit for the most part. Some folks that are in that 35%, $200,000 range are probably going to get hit a little negatively by this. So, okay. again, there's some planning that goes around that. But Wow. 
So, you know, some of the other things they did, and, and now we're really talking about instead of 1099 or independent contractors or business owners, we're talking about W-2. You know, Which most CRNAs right. are. But as a W-2, there are just not a lot of tax benefits out there for you, are there, Sharon? It doesn't look like it, and you've certainly been enlightening me on this. It's maybe a little disturbing. Yeah, and this law made it even tougher on W-2 employees. To be that's, able to deduct certain things. Now, it did help from certain aspects. You know, one of those is it increased the standard deduction. It increased the standard deduction quite a bit. Okay, and that deduction, you know, went from six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars to twelve thousand. Okay. Okay. For singles. For singles, right? Well, that so, wouldn't be us. That that would not be us. We would be married, filing joint. So we went from twelve thousand seven hundred to twenty four thousand. Okay, but along with that, what they did is they basically wrote out a lot of people from being able to itemize, because most people before about thirty percent of all taxpayers were able to itemize their deductions. Mm-hmm. They had enough either through paying real estate taxes and charitable contributions and all these different things that you could itemize to be able to do that. But now since they increased the standard deduction amount, only 10% of Americans are going to be able to itemize anymore. So does this mean it's pushing us more towards flat rate tax? I don't know whether flat rate, but it's pushing it more towards simplicity. In fact, they said this one move by, because when you've got itemizations, there's more moving parts, there's more things for the IRS to check. They said this right here is going to save about $3 billion for the government and just in enforcement costs. Okay. Soft costs. There you go. You know, 3 billion. So, you know, whether it will or not, I don't know, you know, how government projections are. But, but again, that's just another thing that changed and, and so forth. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, I've heard Steve Forbes speak, and he talks a lot about just going to a, a flat tax for everybody instead of some people not paying any tax and just 10% across the board. I mean, he had a very compelling argument, so. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, that'd be too simplistic for our government. Well, yes, it would be. It <laughs> might put a lot of people out of work. It you would. know. Do you have anything else you want to add about the itemizations? No, not necessarily. I think that kind of just sums it up. I don't want to get too detailed on this stuff. I know. I I might go to sleep. Yeah, I don't want you to go to sleep. No, not right now. All right. So what about new limits on deductions for state and local taxes? Ah, this is a big, big sticking point, Sharon. Especially for our friends up north. Uh Uh-huh. This was an interesting thing to put in the tax bill. So basically... Under prior law, you could deduct your state and local real estate taxes. Oh, I'm thinking of my friend Tracy Castleman in New Jersey. Yeah, or our friends in New York who their property taxes are $18,000 a year. Oh, my God. Uh, Tracy's property taxes are mind-blowing. Yeah. 
So now this bill actually put a limit on that of $10,000. So after $10,000, uh, you don't deduct any more of that. You know, they, they, the little acronym is the SALT tax. And of course, well, that's because it burns when yeah, rubbed in the I wound. Like that. That's a burn. <laughs> yes. This was a burn. This was oh, a burn. Man. This was a burn to blue states. Okay. I think if we look at red and blue states, you know, and if you think about President Trump and, you know, the Republicans being in charge, I mean, the majority of northern states are blue and they pay higher taxes. And I really do think if you really uh, kind of... So you uh, think this was a political jab? This was a burn. Shannon. It was I a burn. Salt that. in the wound. Yeah. So, you know, people lost a lot of deduction on that one mm. if they're paying more than $10,000 a year. So, mm. Well, let's talk about home mortgage interest deductions. What are the uh, new limits on that? burn, Sharon. Oh, I like that burn. A lot of salt so. So before, you know, under prior law, you could deduct mortgage debt up to a million dollars. Well, that wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be me either. You know, if we went out and we bought a million dollar property, we could deduct that mortgage interest. Well, they kind of lowered that now and said now the new limit is $750,000. Okay. So again, think about the places where property prices are higher. Again, I kind of look at this and go, maybe it was a little dig, a little burn Ah, again. you mean California, New Nevada. York, New Jersey, yes. you know, again. But they did change that. Now, anyone that had a mortgage prior to that, mm-hmm. they're in like Flynn. But getting new mortgages, $750,000. Oh, so, so they were grandfathered in. So they were speak. grandfathered in, yeah. Nice. You know, another thing that goes directly along with that is, you know, all of us used to get these we call HELOCs or home equity lines of credit and we would oh, go yes. buy our car and deduct right. the interest or we'd pay off our credit cards and deduct that interest. Well, that's how I went to anesthesia school. Yeah, well, guess what? No longer can we do that. Those lines, home equity lines of credit, if mm-hmm. you do not use them for improvements to the home that secures the loan, they are non-deductible anymore wow because we kind of lived off of some of that you know back in the day they used to tell you to live on one income for a couple of years and save all your money which we did and then we had a gila line for once i got through the second year i actually found when we were moving when we sold our house and downsized i found my original documents what i borrowed to go to anesthesia school you want to take a guess $40,000. $5,000. That's That's all that we borrowed. You know, we had the Gila line. I think we had a $20,000 limit, and we didn't use all of that. But, you know, I had worked for two years and saved all my money, money. but I only borrowed $5,000. Wow, that's unheard of now. Yeah, I know, (laughs) right? Yeah, so the next thing, you know, to talk about would be the alt-men tax. You heard about this No, I think you're going to have to help me out. Yeah, so the alternative minimum tax basically said that for folks that itemized, if you itemized too much, they would start adding things back in depending upon what your income was. Okay. So you could have too many itemizations, and then they would say, oh, no, we're going to go back in and do a calculation because your income's so high that... We're going to add those back in. You have to pay a minimum 
amount of tax. So this is the alternative minimum tax. And it was really never meant to get middle class Americans. It was really meant to get very upper class, upper income earners. But they never indexed it. And the government started getting those tax revenues. And, you know, they started spending them. And then they never changed it. Wait, they never indexed it. Help me out with that. What so that they mean? never increased it okay. per year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, in this new tax law, I guess kind of the things to get across here is that they changed the way AMT works. You know, we're not itemizing as much. So even folks that are still going to have some AMT, they're probably going to owe significantly less thanks to this new tax bill. Okay, well... That's good. So let's talk about the child tax credit. You know, always, you know, it always bothers me when they call children tax credits because you, you've got a couple yourself that uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They, they just don't seem like a tax credit to me. I mean, um, it's, no. it seems like an extreme outlay <laughs> to me. I love them, but geez. Um, so, yeah, and they change. Well, you know, all of mine are kind of in the same age range. Now, how old's your oldest daughter? 18. And your other children? Well, five and four. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. I'm just getting, you know. You're just getting started? I, no, I'm just Let's getting talk better. To Sarah. I'm getting better, Sarah. I'm getting better. <laughs> but they did increase the child's tax credit. Basically, they doubled that. Now, for most of our listeners, that's probably not going to be something they're going to be able to enjoy because the incomes are so high. But they did do that, so it changed that. And I think that was a good thing as well. Oh, so there is a new $500 tax credit for other dependents? Uh, yes, and Sharon, guess what? I think you might be able to benefit. <laughs> because Sharon's mother-in-law is now living with you, right? Did I, did I get this right? Pretty close, yeah. yes. Her so, and her oxygen concentrator. <laughs> yeah, so this, they actually introduced a $500 tax credit. So basically, a credit is, Sharon, if you owe a thousand, mm-hmm. they take five hundred off of that. Okay, so it's not a deduction; it's a credit. So right. for your your living mother-in-law, you might be able to deduct five hundred dollars off your taxes for this new tax break. All right. Yeah. Well, good for me. But if you decide to move across the country for your job, hmm, they did change that because moving expenses were eliminated. You can no longer deduct moving expenses except if you're a military personnel and you read there so and even employer reimbursements for moving expenses you got to pay taxes on that no longer tax-free so if you get a job in seattle and they offer to pay for your move and it's 10 grand guess what you're sending you a 1099 for that 10 grand so you can pay the taxes on it wonder what the impetus for that was are they trying to make us stay in one spot or Uh, i think it's a give and take you know i think they kind of look at it and say all right well we increase the amount we're given in exemptions we lowered the brackets now where can we take from so i think that was just one of those that they just decided to take from so wow so there's a new limit on itemized deductions for personal casualty losses yeah, there is no more. Um, so if you used to be, if you had property casualty right. losses, you could deduct that on your taxes. Now you can't do it unless it's declared a federal disaster. So they took that away as well. 
Okay, and no more miscellaneous itemized deductions. I think this one's going to hurt. Yeah, this one is one that I think our W-2 CRNAs need to pay close attention to. Okay. Because think about this. You're a W-2. You work at the Baptist Hospital over here. The majority of places have taken away the money that they give you for meetings and so forth. Actually, that's coming back now. Um, yeah, it, it is, but it, it's been gone for a while. Right. Maybe So if they're not going to do that, maybe you want to go to the North Carolina meeting or maybe you want to go to the A&A meeting. I want to go to the Hawaii meeting. You want to go to the Hawaii Pam meeting. Pam right. I want to yeah, go to her go. meeting. It's a great meeting. I think you spoke there one I time, did. I free did. trip. I mean, free trip. Uh, uh, but anyway. Yeah. Um, it was nice. Yeah, but... It used to be that you were able to take what they called unreimbursed employee business expenses. Okay. You're an employee, W-2. This was unreimbursed. Mm-hmm. Okay, You want to go to the A&A meeting, you want to go to the Hawaii meeting, cost you $1,000, $2,000, you could still write it off on your taxes. Wow. All right. So Guess what? You can't No longer. That? So our friends who are W-2 employees, if they don't get this money – they're going to have to pay for this with after-tax dollars. Okay. No longer deductible. So you're saying W-2. What about 1099? So 1099, we can classify this as a business expense. Ooh. So what I'm hearing you say is that people who do any moonlighting should set up a business on the side that they can run this they would through. at least be able to, to so, do this yeah. so you're telling me that i can still deduct mine you can still do this thank Sharon. you for yes. such good advice yes. jeremy stanley oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you but there's a lot of and he set up my he set my business up for me too and did my paperwork <laughs> he's such a good pet to have hey, and i got you a diet coke today I know, right? got her a diet coke. I know. she says i'm dying can you bring me a diet coke <laughs> Like, yes, Sharon, I'll bring you that. Well, it's better than telling you to bring me a glass of wine. I, I don't know whether that's better or not. But, you know, I'm not a Diet Coke person, but I am a wine person. I know that. Okay, so let's talk about Roth IRAs. Yeah, so it used to be if you wanted to convert a Roth. So you had $10,000 in an old IRA, and you said, you know what, this year I want to convert that to a Roth. I'm going to go ahead and pay the taxes on it now and let it grow tax-deferred and pull it out tax-free later. You could do that, and then you could change your mind. You could actually go back, and you had until you filed your taxes, and say, "Uh, I don't like the way this affects my taxes. I'm going to undo it. It was called recharacterization. Well, guess what? They took that away. So once you do a Roth conversion, you're stuck doing it. So you better make sure if you're doing one that you're going to stick with it. I think we talked about this, something about these Roths, backdoor Roths and everything in an yeah, earlier. remember that stuff. Yes, yes I do, yeah. because we need to talk about that later, because yeah. I yeah. need a backdoor Roth. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, some other things that were good out of this bill was C-corporations. And we don't see a lot of our CRNAs mm-hmm. as C-corporations, but C-corporations are going to come back because of this bill. Because basically they lower the tax bracket on C-Corps from 35% to 21%. And that's a huge, 
huge cut. That is. But for the people that are listening out there and don't understand how a C-Corp works and think, I better call my CPA or call Jeremy's office and get them to set me up as a C-Corporation, remember that money is double taxed in a C-Corp. Right. So you're paying that 21%, and then if you tried to take the money back out, it's going to be taxed as a dividend, which is another 15 to 20 but actually, if you do the numbers, Sharon, because I've done these numbers. Of course you um, have, Mr. I multiply all license plates <laughs> going down the road. I do, yeah. But if you're in a high enough tax bracket, let's say you're going to be in the top tax bracket anyway, you actually save a little bit by doing it this way and taking it out as a dividend. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Well, I'll just have to believe you because the way it was first presented, it sounded like it almost come out as a wash. Yeah. You know, oh, my God, alimony payments are no longer tax deductible. They are not. So if we've got CRNAs, listen up, CRNAs out there that are contemplating, because, you know, a lot of times CRNAs are the breadwinners in Mm -hmm. the family contemplating divorce. This is something to know. If you go through a divorce and you're the income earner, the higher income earner, and you have to pay alimony, it used to be prior to this that you could actually deduct that. Let's say I've got to pay you $2,000 a month. I didn't know it was ever tax deductible. (laughs) Yeah. So I could write that off as a tax deduction, and you picked it up as income. Ah. Right? Okay. Under the new law, I'm stuck paying you $2,000. With no deduction. But I can't deduct it. Well, I don't ever have to worry about this. You know, Pierce, I tell him he can get out. But it'll be in a pine box, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about this. So let's talk about charitable contributions. Has anything changed with them? Yeah, I guess the biggest thing with charitable contributions is now you can actually deduct instead of 50% of your adjusted gross income. So let's say you made $50,000 and you want to give 25000 to your church or something. Okay. You could do that. Now, instead of 50%, they bump that up to 60%. So they're incentivizing people to give more to charities and so forth, which is another, I think, a good thing for society. Well, yes. Well, Americans are the number one givers in the entire world when there is a disaster. So yeah, that's really good. Well, what about qualified mortgage insurance premiums? Yeah, Sharon, you know, PMI, you ever heard that term, private mortgage insurance? Oh. So you go to buy a house, and if you don't put 20% down then you've got to pay what they call PMI insurance. Okay. Oh, that's right. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So it used to be that that was a tax deduction. No longer Mm -hmm. is that a tax deduction. So it's interesting if you really understand how PMI works. Okay. So if you borrow the money from the bank and you don't put 20% down, they make you pay the premium to ensure that if you default on that loan, that they get their money back. Interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Hmm. So PMI insurance, no longer deductible. So there was a lot of changes that I think will affect CRNAs out there. Some good, some bad. This is a huge law. You know, every day we're still learning more things about it. And every day things are changing and shifting. The IRS is clarifying things. But so much of this is based on knowledge, as okay. it usually is. Well, do you think that people were kind of unprepared? Because I know that there were people calling the office and they were having to pay in because people were keeping more in their paychecks. Yeah. But it was 
it just didn't seem like that big of a bump. And then all of a sudden at the end of the year, they have to pay more in. Yeah. So they actually changed the withholding tables as well, Ah. which meant, you know, if you're making X amount, they lowered the amount that they were withholding out of your paycheck at work. Okay. What a huge shock that was for people at the end of the year who might have been used to getting a big return or not having to pay very much in, they either didn't get their big return or they ended up having to pay some in because it wasn't withheld throughout the year. So it might have been that the year before you paid $15,000 in taxes, and this year you owed 12000 but they only withheld twelve thousand. So you, oh, okay. You know, so they tried to make it to where it was closer, but it did shock the average American. I think when they saw that I didn't get as much back, or I owe, you know, it's it's it was not communicated very well. And I think when it was communicated, people just didn't listen to it. So or just didn't understand it. This is pretty complicated stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, a bunch of politicians yeah. figured all this out. All right, so. now be careful. Be careful. <laughs> I did run for office. Be careful. Oh, but. Yeah. You know, my dad used to tell me you should have that line so that you don't have to pay any in, but you shouldn't be letting the government keep your money for a year. I absolutely agree. I mean, they keep it interest free. Right. So. But don't be late. Oh, no, no. Don't be late. No. They don't let you do that. Oh, no. But, you know, Daddy had some wisdom, and I've always tried to walk that line. Sometimes I'm successful, and sometimes I'm not so successful, but hey, there you go. That's part of life. Yep. So, any last thoughts you want to add for people? I, I would just encourage CRNAs out there again to understand your own situation. There are things that you can benefit from here. There are things probably in this tax bill that are going to hurt you. You need to be working with someone who can tell you both sides of those and tell you how to maneuver around that legally, obviously, to where it fits your best interests. And that's sometimes not done properly. Well, I think awareness is the first thing. And I I hope that that's what we've given to our listeners today is just a little bit of awareness. Yeah. Going forward. I hope so. Hopefully it wasn't too boring either. Well. You're not asleep yet. No, I'm not not asleep, but I'm looking at your alfalfa hair sticking up. That's what's kept me awake Uh, You got to love these headphones, right? This is the way I look in the morning. Oh, my God. Poor Sarah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to say that's a wrap. I think it is. All right. We want to thank our listeners for listening to Beyond the Mask with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. If you like our show and you want to know more, check out our other episodes on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a review. And until next time. It is indeed a wrap. Absolutely. Wine 30. Like what you're hearing? Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else that streams podcasts. Today's show was made possible by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748.
3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. And thanks for your support of Beyond the Mask. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support.